I can feel death in this room. Welcome to Movie Umpers. I am Bob Sham. I am Angela. The sounds you hear may be dogs. More dogs tonight than normal, probably. It's like a, a fucking rescue center here sometimes. <laughs> we didn't get any more dogs. Yeah. But, but we, we have a dog in the room that's usually not. But we got more than we would ever recommend. Yes. I would not recommend having as many animals as And you have. want a bearded dragon on top of all of us. Well, I think we need a few less before we ever get a bearded dragon. I know. But I do want a bearded dragon. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. We're in the stretch. Happy Hanukkah to those. Yeah, Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Diwali. Happy holidays. It's after Diwali. Happy all that shit. Yeah, happy shit. So, I think it's pretty obvious what kind of movies are going to be watching all December long. Our theme called The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. Every Monday, we often, not always, but often talk about a retro movie, a classic. And I bet you could probably guess. We're going for the nostalgic heavy hitters. I bet you could guess which ones they are. Your White Christmases, your... Miracle on 34th Street. Yes. I watched all those movies for the first time last year. Yeah. And I got a lot to say about them. And I'm excited to get to them to put our take on these old favorites. I watched them a ton when I was a kid. But for the rest of the month, there's no shortage of Christmas movies out there, right? So I'm like, what do I want to do? Do I want it to be a little typical? Do I want it to be a little offbeat? I kind of went for offbeat. I think this is a good start to the season. Yeah. But I didn't mean to. All the non-classic Christmas movies that I picked up to actual Christmas all have a murder that takes place (laughs) in them. At least one. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really mean for that. I mean, a couple of them are slashers. Yeah. A couple, and this is one of them. The next slash we're talking about is more of a pure Christmas movie slasher. This is one in which the essential moment happens on Christmas. Yes. And it all connects. And so there's some imagery throughout that's yes. Christmassy imagery. But I, I mean, if you think Die Hard is a Christmas movie, I think Deep Red by Dario Argento is as much a Christmas movie. Deep Red by Dario Argento, written by Bernard, Bernardino Zapponi and Dario Argento, starring David Hemmings, Daria Nicolotti, Gabrielle Lavia, Masha Maril. David Hemmings, I don't think you've seen this movie, but he is the lead in the movie Blow Up. Which was a murder mystery that is being solved by a 
fashion photographer. You told me about that movie. Yeah. No, I've not seen it. And which one is he? The main guy? Yeah, he's the main guy in that. The first time I ever did Mushrooms, I watched this movie. Huh? And uh, after the movie was done, I found myself walking around the streets of this town I used to live in. Like the exact same way David Hemmings walked in that movie. <laughs> so he's an English actor, but everyone else in this movie is Italian. Uh, Daria Nicolodi was uh, Dario Argento's lover. They had a baby together. Which one? She's the reporter. Okay. Gianna. Gianna, Who yeah. I thought was the killer through the whole fucking so movie. So did I. I thought she was the killer from the first moment. Uh, yeah. And I think we were purposely misdirected. I 1,000% misdirected. It was kind of hard to tell. It like, was very well done, honestly. Because even at the end, I was still like, she's still got to be part of it. Well, the thing is, I'm like, I was trying to not use my current movie sensibilities. Because I thought, you know, Dario Argento, all about this shot structure. His movies feel like a, a collage of images. The settings and everything, those seem to be the most important. Yeah. So I underestimated the story in which how deep the revelation would be. And I was legitimately surprised at who it was because I didn't, I thought it was someone, I thought it was the reporter up until it was actually revealed. Who and it then was. you thought we knew who it was until we realized we didn't still know who it was. Yeah. Like they give you a reveal that ends up not being the actual answer. It's really cool. And I agree too because one of the things we had said early on watching this is how beautiful it is and how you just have to be okay with never knowing. Yeah, we, we kind of expected yeah. vagueness, you know? Yeah. I mean, I expected it to kind of end with some mystery. We're not very, well, we've seen Suspiria, but we're not very versed in Dario. We kind of know his style and we appreciate what he does bring yeah. to the movies, at least at the time of his prime, you know? And this, we respect like how influential he's been and it's a big deal. Oh, and the producer Salvatore Argento, that's his dad. He's produced a lot of his movies. And this, okay. And this movie was kind of transitioning into the more, you know, spookier kind of things. Wasn't there also a Claudio Argento? Yeah, it's his brother. Mm -hmm. Family affair. I think his daughter is an actress as well. Yes, that is him and Daria Nicolodi's kid. Like many Italian movies at the time, this movie is completely dubbed. And then sometimes it looks okay and sometimes it looks so bad. Well, most of the main actors... Could speak English and did. Yeah. Of course, David Hemmings is an English actor. Yeah. So he's a piano player. And he has a friend who's also a piano player. But there's this interesting, like, conversation about class there. Because the main character is the piano player because he loves music. He's a teacher. And he plays he plays music for enjoyment. Yeah, he calls him bourgeois. Yeah. And his friend, is it? He's more of a workman guy. He plays at, like, a diner. What is his name? Carlo. Not, Carlo. Carlo. I was going to say Claude. It's not wrong. So Carlo, yeah, Clark, Carlo plays because he has to. He plays to make money. His mother obviously spoke not a lick of English. Yes, for sure. Or if she did, her accent was so strong that they couldn't use her voice because her she never matched up. That was. But the movie opens on a scene. It's Christmas time, and a murder happens, and we see a knife on a floor and the le the feet of a child. A child. With it, knee socks and appears to be black a little girl. leather shoes. And the setting is great. The, like, his shots are... I love I love the way he thinks about his shots a lot. I like the thought that he puts into that. So, yeah, it cuts to a psychic speaking at a theater. She's suddenly overwhelmed by dark thought. Something strange and sharp. Like the brick of a thorn. 
It upset me. But it's all right now. I can feel death. We often get uh, shots that seem to be from the viewpoint of the killer. Yeah, you're getting like killer POV. And the psychic is picking up on the like the evil, vengeful thoughts. So that's when we meet the main character, played by David Hemmings. And, yes. he meet, and he meets his friend Carlo on the streets. Carlo's hammered drunk. And they have their conversation. They define their characters. And then uh, David Hemmings is walking to his apartment. And he sees a woman. One the of psychic. His, the psychic getting fucking Murdered. Murdered. And he runs up there. And I think he lives in that same building, he right? He lives above her. He lives in the apartment above. So he runs into the building and he's going down this. He's making his way to this uh, corridor. And he sees all these crazy paintings. Like she's They're an artist. creepy as fuck. But he goes in and he pulls her off the glass. And all the... Bl- she's been thrown through a window and she's like yeah, cut she's, in the window. Yeah, impaled on the glass of her own window as well as stabbed multiple times. So he pulls her off of the glass. And all the blood, for purposeful reasons, it looks like bright red paint. Tempera paint blood. Yeah. But you know what? I love it. I, it There's something it works. about it. There is something very cool about it. It's obviously not real, but it looks really good. It does. And the fact that it's it pops. so bright. It visually yeah, pops it strong. makes it like more shocking. And that's the thing with an Argento movie. The visuals, you can't really harp on that because it's the way he wants things and scenes and environments to pop and come out. There's these tableaus. Like when the guys are first like establishing their characters, you pointed out that they're standing in front of this piano bar. No one in the bar is moving. Yeah, like they're probably talking like but they're moving it's very slight. And that happens a couple different times. Yeah, like the background is almost like he's standing in front of like a live painting. Yeah. The diner looking kind of like that Nighthawks image that, mm-hmm. you know, we all know. So he calls the cops. Mm-hmm. And Gianna shows up and she's a reporter and immediately they're like, how do you even know about this? And she's like, everyone knows this woman is so popular and she's so like over. Her. Oh, before this, you do see this very close up shots of all these very tiny toys and this hand manipulating them. The and glo- then you see this like eyeliner, this very thick, dark eyeliner being put on. And it's such a zoomed in close up that you just know the eyeliner is important. So I felt like I was on eyeliner watch for the rest of the movie. Yes. Gianna walked in. I was like, eyeliner. We, the first time we saw um, Carl, Carlo's, Carlo's lover, yeah, I was He's like, wearing eyeliner. eyeliner. And then, you know what, though? Didn't even clock it on the actual killer. Yeah, no. Because I didn't ever consider that that could be the killer. The All the scenes in he which... He tricked me. All the scenes of the gloved hands is Dario himself. He did. He just thought it'd be easier to do it himself than to explain to the actor. That's what actually really brilliant. Because why not? And he seemed to have little hands, so yeah. it worked out. 
I think well, we, and it also leads to the mystery of the whole thing. We kind of did clock that this was likely a woman pretty early on. Yes. And I thought it was Gianna, the reporter, the whole well, fucking time. Because she's, like, tall and slender. And yeah. this is what's weird is, like, it seems like a tall, slender man whenever you see, like, a glimpse of it's this person in a brown trench coat. And the guy sees him run away when he's, like, getting the woman off the window. And he actually, in one scene, like, there's the trench coat man and then also his friend is in the same shot. And they just assume it's a man. This reporter plasters uh, our main, our lead's name all over the fucking newspaper. <laughs> and the next day she's like, oh, sorry, I'm like, blew up your whole fucking spot. Ah, uh, yes, by the way, I wanted to thank you. It's always nice to let the murderer know who you are. Oh, that's okay. So she's like, well, I'll help you solve the murder. It's good for me anyway. There because is. now he's driven. He's a pianist. But now he's trying to solve a murder. They hang out together all day. Yeah. And then they get to, I don't know, I guess it's his house. And he's like changing clothes to go out. And she's hanging out with him. And she's like, where are we going? And he's like, I'm going without you. And then they get into this whole conversation about how she's like a liberated woman. Some of these Italian movies when, especially it's maybe the dubbed over effect or the overall delivery. It, the acting seems very B-movie-ish. Mm, yeah. And... Uh, we, we're we not B-movie experts. We kind of go in and out. We know a little bit. But I noticed that, you know, some people have reacted to our Halloween episodes, which feature a lot of B-movie players, like Tom Atkins in Halloween 3. Oh, yeah. People love him. Yeah, people love, I haven't people seen love him Tom Atkins. Else. But honest, but honestly, that was really... Halloween 3 is our introduction to Tom Absolutely. Atkins. And we just didn't find that his overall performance felt n- necessary we didn't already have a relationship with him as an actor. I, I, I could see how if you did and you loved him in something else, you might just although, love seeing him. Although that whole movie is crazy bonkers anyway. But I do love it. Well, we gave it a good score. It's the second best movie in the franchise, according to us. Yes. So. That's just an example where sometimes we fall different on other people who view it. Like people who are really into like the bee horror and stuff like that. I love that stuff they, way more than they you. They kind of move past a lot of those details, those little acting details that maybe I might harp a little more on. They sometimes, I sometimes love them. Like there's a particular line in this movie that I was telling people about today that's just delivered so oddly that we're, we'll get to it. Well, let's get to that now. He's in his apartment and he knows someone is in there and he's being stalked and he goes in and he shuts his door and locks it. Yeah. And someone's in the apartment and they play the children's song the phone rings and he picks up and he's like i don't know who this is but someone's trying to to kill, kill me. me and then he goes there's somebody in the house he's like, absolutely trying to kill me you know they're actually trying to kill me you know <laughs> and then you hear this gargled voice it's like i'll get you sooner or later yeah it's really creepy but it's Gianna on the phone and somehow they're just tied together but it just seemed a little too convenient how does he discover the house i mean he finds that book of folklore so yeah ghost he, stories and shit he goes back to talk to the men who were in the theater with the psychic again or telepath right which he meets basically he initially meets them at the psychic's funeral Yes, he meets him at the psychic's funeral. He then goes to the theater to talk to them about what happened. And then, yeah, so he goes to see them and he's like, listen, someone came to me and they played this song and kind of gives some details. And the man goes, you know what this sounds like? It reminds me of this story in this book of folklore. And he gives him the the author's name, I think, or the name of the book and tells him where to go find it. 
And so he goes and finds this book, and it's this book about, like, true folklore things. And this author who wrote it has a picture of the actual house. Would they hear the children's song a play? A ghost play the children's song or sing it or whatever as they walk by the house. The killer goes and kills the author. Right. Whoever's doing the murdering knows what he's finding. Like, yes. they have to be someone he's that being he's watched. communicating with or is close to him because they're following him and they knew that he was going to go see her. So they killed her before he could go see her. He actually found her body and ran. He was the first one to find it, but he never called the police. Because then, he listen, left. that's two dead women in a row. They're going to think it's him. But you still might want to be like... I would have called the cops. And Because uh, eventually he's like, oh, I'm sure they found her by now. But yeah, he never said yeah, anything. Yeah, it was weird. But she did try to like write something on the wall in the steam because she was drowned in scalding water. Yeah, and then one of the other men who was in the theater that day, the, uh, the other of the two, the one talking about the book, the other guy, he goes to investigate. He sees whatever she wrote, and then he's dead. Yeah, he gets killed later. Yeah. A pretty cool murder scene there. But so, yeah, he ends up going to this house. And it's abandoned. We also meet the landlord and his daughter. And I think the daughter is a misdirect, too. Yeah, you too. And the the landlord, he gets the daughter to help the guy, you know, go over there and open the house up. But he also scolds the kid. And apparently she had impelled a lizard. Now, according to hairpin. Now, according to production, they said that that was an effect. That that wasn't a It looks like a real fucking lizard impaled. And But the production claims that it was an effect because some countries... Won't release it if it shows like you actually did something to an animal. And in the seventies, there is a few like deep cut movies out there where in the first Friday the Thirteenth, like they actually like chop a snake in half. Like in the very first one that came out in the late seventies, kind of looked like they really impaled a lizard. According to production, this was faked. I don't know how. It looked a that looked a crazy real. Because also he was flailing. Uh. Yeah, yeah. There is a misdirect there that the daughter might have something to do with this or that she's twisted or warped. From living across the street from this fucked house. Yeah. He's in the house and he he manages to chisel away parts of this wall that show a drawing. And the, the child drawings we see throughout this movie are really fucking cool. But he unveils a scene of a, a small kid holding a knife, like stabbing someone in front of a Christmas tree. And he kind of stops. You figured he'd keep going, but he stops and he goes to leave. And as he leaves, another chunk, we see the camera on the wall and another chunk falls off to show that there was someone else there that night. We know that that's the scene that opens the whole movie. So he fucks around and he decides to go back to the house again. And this time he knows to just start tearing down this wall. He tears open the wall and he looks in and he sees a fucking skeleton sitting in a chair of a man. The Basically the scene that we opened the movie with, he, he still see the Christmas tree. It's so creepy. It's really cool. The murder that happened is essentially preserved and it was covered up by covering up the whole room. It's a whole mansion. I the have room so is... many questions. Yeah. That was like a really well-built wall. First, he almost kills himself because he tries to climb around the outside of the building because he's looking at the photo of the house and then he's looking at the house and he realizes that in the photo there's windows that is just a wall now. Yeah, yeah. So he's trying to beat at it from the outside. Is... And he almost falls, so he goes, I got to go inside and beat on the Did wall. the new landlord never get like a, a an initial housing layout of this place? I don't think he cared. I guess not. 
You know, I just He certainly really, didn't upkeep the place. Well, someone else lived there for a long time as well. I guess never thought there was any ghosts in there. But how do you get someone to build a wall around a dead man and them never know? But yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, we always got to take a few leaps in movies sure. like this, right? So he recruits Gianna, who I still think is the killer. Oh, but he wakes up. With his head in her lap. Oh, he got clubbed over to the head. And the building is on fire. Yeah, they burnt the fucking building down. And that's especially when I thought it was her. Because he had called her to tell her, or he told her where he was going. Mm. And then she shows up and she's like, I came to see what was going on with you. Found him outside while the house was on fire. He tracks, he realizes that the drawings, someone identifies the drawings as being like drawings that are at this middle school. Mm -hmm. So he and Gianna go there, and he manages to find the drawings that have been archived, and he sees the image that is a lot like the drawing, but he figures it out because the little girl emulates the drawings that she had found because she goes to this school and she saw the drawings. little creepy girl, yeah. Yeah, and she liked them because she's a creep, so she emulates the drawings. And when he found the real drawing, he obviously then saw the name associated with the drawing. And then he's like, I know who, who did it, who it was. Gianna gets separated. Well, he she's like, I'm going to go call, get the police, okay? Mm-hmm. They break into this school, by the way. Oh, yeah. And, um, and then he approaches her, and she is stabbed. And then this little doll, mechanical doll. I can't remember, actually, when the mechanical doll showed up, if it was here or earlier. but a mechanical doll shows up and it's like the creepiest fucking thing and you had asked me fairly recently like what movies i thought were truly scary yes and i don't know if there's a movie like all the way through that's like wow this is scary but there are often things in movies that strike me as actually being terrifying this is the scariest part of this movie to see this mechanical thing just run up i think this happened actually when the friend of the psychic was killed which is uh, was a strange scene but this thing's face looks like it's like this grinning little devil boy like this little stinker and it just runs up and then it's like a robot so the killer was almost has this vibe like like a golden age batman villain at this point right yeah like early early noir villain kind of gianna gets stabbed and he gets her taken care of, but he knows who the killer is. And, of course, Carlo is there holding a gun onto him. And- I read the name. Carlo. I got here late. Too bad. Well, so now what are you going to do? Kill you. Sorry, because I like you. But I have to kill you. I told you to stay out of it. Carlo looks fucking wrecked. And that's when the police roll in. Hey, he's over there! By the wall! You, hold it!
after Carlo is killed and we're moving on, you kept saying Carlo was on the street when the psychic was killed. You kept saying that. Yeah. And then the lead <laughs> is played by David Hemmings. It's like, wait a minute. There's no way Carlo killed the psychic. He was playing the piano. And then there was a thing where he noticed that a painting was missing when he was going up to rescue the psychic. Yes. So he walks up and he realizes that there was never a painting, but that he was looking at a reflection of a painting in a mirror or what he thought he was. And then he realized that he actually probably saw the killer's face Well, and in that- a mirror and thought it was a painting. When he walked past it, in that very first time that he walked past it, I remember saying, "Oh, that's fucking creepy." Yeah. Did we see? Did, yeah. We did saw we it. see the, her face? Yes. yes. Well, he, there was a woman's face, but I thought it was just a creepy ass painting. When he goes to investigate that room again, it stands out because everything else is in grayscale, and it's the only thing that had any color. Yeah. So we actually saw the killer. Her deep red lips. Before we got to the end. And then, sure enough, he turns around, and it's Carlo's mother, who we saw once in a scene. Damn you! I hate you! Carlo had nothing to do with any of this, and you killed him. And Carlo did not kill these people. He was protecting his mother. We think it's a little girl's feet at the very beginning, but it was Carlo and like He's little, little fancy boy and little fancy boy stockings because they were little rich kids. And it was actually his mother that stabbed his father to death right in front of her because his father was going to send her back to like a mental institution. Yeah. So without saying it, obviously she'd gone to the hospital multiple times. I think they were giving her electroshock therapy because timing of this would have made sense for that to be happening. Because if you're... If your wife was unhappy or your daughter or your sister, whoever, was unhappy, you could send her to the hospital and have electroshock therapy. It happened to men, too, but it was way more common with women. It was like if a woman got depressed, you shocked her, and then she was a happy little housewife for, like, a year. And, or in and her then case, you had to do it over again. In her case, made her worse and turned her into a fucking serial exactly. killer. Exactly. So it's this whole thing where, like, it's the dad's fault. Yeah. So <laughs> it was. So he had it coming. But poor little Carlo. Yeah. And he actually, the part that makes you think that it, that it was him and that it was the child in the scenario who scenario that killed is because he did pick up the bloody knife. Yeah. And like stared at it. And that's the picture he drew was him holding the bloody knife next to his stabbed father with yeah. his mother behind. So Carlo's mother, revealed to be the killer, tussles with uh, David Hemmings <gasps> and she gets her chain uh, lapped onto like an elevator going up or something. It gets caught. And, it, and the way Argento, I love the way Argento oh. actually represents these murders and death. So like they're very, like it's very creative and a great way to do it if you're not like, you know, now a lot of it's like CGI budgets and shit. But this was actually like a very cool, stylish and creative way to represent these murders. He's an artist. Yeah, he is. And, and I know you could argue that, like, all filmmakers are artists, but he's on a different he is, level. He is different. There is something he's different a visual, about him. He's a visual artist, and his 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 medium is just movies. 
Apparently, he's, but it could be anything. He's still in his deep old age. He is still apparently making movies. But hasn't he made hundreds of movies? Uh, I don't know about that many, but um, a lot. A and, lot. Uh, but apparently, he his stylized magic is not the same as it used to be. Uh, if you kind of look through reviews of his movies, they start to tank real oh. hard as he gets deeper into the nineties. Hmm. So, yeah, but. At one time, this dude was kind of showing you how to do it in a cool way with some interesting visuals in an artistic way. Yeah. He, he, he's, it's got to be hard to emulate Argento because you're going to look like you're just ripping him the fuck off if you like, you know, take too much of his style, you know? Let's uh, rate this movie. You're going to give it one through five. I'll give it one through five combined for best out of ten. Yeah. This is definitely Argento, one of Argento. This and Suspiria probably is most. Highly regarded movies. Mm-hmm. People usually have heard of Suspiria. Yeah, this one's a little deeper, no pun intended, but uh, what do you give this movie? I'm going to give this movie a 3.5. I'm going to go up 0.25 from you, 3.75. So there you go. Take a look. Deep Red in the same league as Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> Honor Amongst Thieves, <laughs> Ferris Bueller, and uh, Gozoo. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So check the show notes for links and other places to find us. What do you think about Dario Argento's movies? What's your favorite? This is on the top of... And it is quite good, quite fun. Hit like, subscribe, leave a comment, say whatever you'd like. And uh, we're just getting Christmas time started, all right? Death to all traitors. Mm -hmm.